welcome to Knobcat Games Dungeons of the Obelisk podcast. I'm your host, Joe Sleppy, and I'm joined today by our digital alchemist, TJ Yadisernia. Hello. And if you're, this is your first time tuning into the podcast, this is a, sort of a devlog. Um, we talk about our changes and what we're working on in the game that we're making. And that game is Dungeons of the Obelisk. It's a 2D turn-based dungeon crawling loot grinding adventure. And we have done a lot of stuff, mostly you. Well, maybe I've helped, but (laughs) you have done a lot of stuff in the past two weeks since the last... Actually, you weren't on the last podcast. It was just me and Ben, so it's been four weeks since you got to talk about all these changes. It's definitely been a while. I don't know if I can remember everything from the past four weeks. (laughs) Definitely try. Well, me and Ben talked about a lot of the stuff, you know, from... Two, four and three weeks ago and then I went through your change log and, and wrote down the major points so if you think of anything else along the way let us know but I think the biggest thing literally is now the dungeons are huge me and Ben might have talked about this a little bit but yeah you took all the placeholder assets and just made us a huge dungeon with the correct amount of mobs in it now and it it feels awesome running around in there yeah it's definitely a major change because the original dungeon you had these tiny little places you're going through this what like three groups of enemies at most (laughs) yeah now you're finally going through a large expansive area seeing different groups of enemies at different locations chests scattered throughout all over the place Definitely, like, what is it, four times the time it takes to clear through a dungeon compared to the previous? Yeah, for sure. We had we have ten groups of mobs now, so so we went from three or four to ten. <laughs> Definitely gives the player a lot more time to go through and collect loot, which is the main purpose of the game, is to get that loot. So now you can go through, pile up a lot more just in a single dungeon. Yeah, for sure. And we've fixed the issue. Well, you fixed the issue with the... Uh, scrapping items that was bogging down our game. I think I showed that in in the video kind of by accident that I made a couple weeks ago. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's so awesome now actually being able to scrap items and get crafting materials and, and all that stuff, even if those materials don't do anything yet. A nice decorative material never hurts. Yeah, that original scrapping system, it's like over time it got like, it started off so slow, and then it got a little bit faster, then it got just a bit faster, and now it's finally at the point where I can say it's just, it's probably good to go. It doesn't need to be kind of edited anymore, because it, it's able to just scrap all your items real fast and provide you what you need to gain. I'm probably going to try to break it, I think. I think I'm going to, like, farm the next build you give. I'm not going to scrap anything for, like, a hundred dungeons, and then I'm going to see what happens. I'm curious to see how that goes. I'm afraid that it would break something, but I guess you never know until you truly try it. Yeah, we need to try it because I could see a situation where a player pops a buff that lasts, you know, six or eight hours or something, and they farm that entire time to maximize that buff and not waste time, like, hanging out at the blacksmith and stuff, and then they would go and try to scrap you know, everything that they've, you know, all the junk that they farmed up and see what legendaries they got. So it's definitely something that players are going to be able to do. So put it to the test. I'm interested to see it break because 
I would have to think of some alternatives to fix it. I feel like one of the things that some games do is that if you collect too many items, your inventory fills, and now any extras get thrown into like a postmaster. So it's like forcing the player to not carry around as many items. Yeah. It's like an enforced way to prevent the issue from happening. We could maybe do that. Like, you know, if if we find out that the loot creator maxes out at, you know, certain a number, maybe we can say, like, you have 2,000 items. Please visit the blacksmith. <laughs> Gotta get passive-aggressive about it. <laughs> yeah, maybe the blacksmith can pop up. See, it looks like you're over-encumbered. <laughs> I can help you with that. But, uh, yeah, that's future stuff that we can worry about whenever, whenever it happens, but... You've been doing a lot of work on UI stuff. One of the things that, that I really like now is we have a pop-up when you level up, so it doesn't just play a noise and keep going. It, it tells you what you get when you level up. Oh yeah, the pop-up definitely, it helps the player get a better understanding of what's going on when they level up, because originally you would like beat an enemy group, level up, but it was so easy to just kind of ignore it. It's like most of the time I didn't notice that I leveled up through combat. Yeah, especially if you don't have, like, the sound up, you know, that's the only way to really know was it would play the little level up jingle and then keep going. Not only that, but messing around with the idea of the fact that the level up menu doesn't get knocked away if you're in auto mode. Because if you auto through the game, you'll just kind of level up without noticing, but since it keeps it there until you acknowledge it, it's like a good way to make sure the player is aware that they just leveled up. Yeah, yeah. And, and it doesn't slow them down, you know, it doesn't slow down the, the farming, it just pops up, stays on the screen while while you continue in auto mode. I think it's a pretty good solution to it. And speaking of the level up menu, that kind of chains into the completely redone uh, Paragon system that we've been working on. So, so my original plan was, you know, one Paragon level meant you got one Paragon point and you could assign that point to any of your major stats, and that was kind of it. And then when you implemented the first Paragon system, you made it so it gave like five points to every stat or something, which was yep. way too much, but it kind of felt right to get more than one. And then since everything in the game is kind of like a random roll, it made sense to make it like a you know a d6 roll basically so now when you level up paragons you can get anywhere between one and six points to spend and i've come up with like a whole system for it where you know we don't call them dice they're, they're rune stones and and they roll a rune or you know summon a rune and and that rune kind of indicates how many how many points you get so it's kind of a a little flavor on top of it instead of just you know calling it a hit dice and and that's it just kind of felt like it added a little bit more to the game yeah i definitely like how the system stylized now with like the runestones and such one of the things that this got me really into was statistics and kind of like probability because when you level up a hundred times how many are you gonna get on runestones What's like the low end, what's the high end of what a player can realistically end up getting for themselves? I rolled 177 times until my finger got tired and and didn't get an improvement. And then I started like thinking about it. Then I went to a dice statistic calculator online and realized that like the chances of rolling like 
all sixes or a lot of sixes is so small. Like, could you imagine if you had a bucket that had like 300 dice in it and you dumped it out on the floor and they all rolled sixes? That'd be amazing, but I don't think I could <laughs> yeah. ever get that to happen. I mean, it's possible, but very improbable. And and the statistics kind of roll out that way where we had a button that was you could re-roll all of your runestones, you know, and try to get a higher number. But you almost never got a higher number at a certain point just because of the way statistics work. And yeah, we kind of got into a whole thing with that, trying to figure out a better way. Because you want people to eventually be able to get the maximum. Like, it would feel bad if you couldn't, I think. So we kind of settle. It's not that this isn't even in the game yet, I guess. We're, we're still, unless you did it. <laughs> oh, no, it's definitely still a work in progress. Yeah, so it's still a work in progress, but we're messing around with the idea of rolling all dice that aren't sixes and trying to get a higher number that way. And then, like, as you do it, it locks in your sixes. But maybe I'll edit this out, but I was thinking about it, and there's a problem with that as well, because if you just lock in your sixes, imagine if you had, like, two fours, and you re-roll those two dice and one's a six and one's a one, that's a lower roll because it's only seven total. So you didn't gain anything, but now you have a six that should be locked into place. So it's kind of a odd problem if you roll the die and it ends up being lower. That's true. It's definitely a lot to consider when trying to set up the system. Gotta make sure it's balanced and doesn't accidentally break itself. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do more thinking on that. I'm curious to see how it works, but um, moving back to uh, things that are actually in the game now, I guess the inventory is the, the biggest thing, really. It's so incredible to me now. We finally have all of Ben's art for every item in the game, and we have, like, borders and UI parts that you've been adding in. I know it's hard to uh, to get it to come across over a podcast where you can't see what we're talking about, but but uh, each item in the inventory now has a, a border around it that tells you, you know, its rarity and I guess a background. You know, before we just had a solid color, you know, blue or gray or green or yellow. And now Ben's given us like a shaded background. It looks so good. Yeah, it's definitely massive changes to the UI and how everything's kind of stylized. It's like before you had those little white cubes and you just had the name of the item. You didn't know what you were looking at. <laughs> With all that UI thrown in, all those icons, all the appearance changes. And then with the changes to the tooltips as well, because tooltips used to be super simple, bare bones information. But with recent changes, they've updated a lot. You know, it's like we finally got it, so tooltips are presenting all the info that a player needs off an item. And in a styling way. Yeah, now we have my flavor text as well, which I wrote, like, so long ago. <laughs> like, it's been so long, and now that I'm actually, like, seeing items and reading the flavor text, it... It feels really good. Every now and again when I get some items, I try to look at the flavor text, see if there's like any jokes or little Easter eggs from something I might notice. 
<laughs> There's definitely some things thrown in there. Some stuff I assume no one will ever get. Have you noticed any that were like uh, anything that stood out to you? <laughs> the trash uh, dagger <laughs> says that maybe you can spread butter with it. <laughs> like, how bad can your knife be that you can't even get a nice thing of butter from it? I mean, if the blade was like messed up and dented, it would spread, you know, it'd have lines in what you're trying to spread, I think. My dude's chilling in the dungeon, sees it on the ground, he's like, oh, yes, the perfect weapon. Man, the trash stuff is just there. Man, it's, I guess it's just there for like starting out. You have to start with something, and there has to be something there to take up space, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Could you just I mean, not have the trash? I don't think so. They're definitely needed. And I don't know, some of the trash items I kind of like, like the, uh, I like the frog. That one's a great one. Purely for its appearance. Oh, yeah, I like the frog, too. <laughs> yeah, th they do add, um, you know, a cosmetic to the game. Eventually, we'll have that implemented where you can pick your cosmetics and it's not just what you have equipped. Um, so that'll that'll change the game completely too <laughs> when we can do that and then you can carry the frog around all the time <laughs> it definitely sounds like a deal to me um what else uh, circling back around I guess we were talking about re-rolling our paragon points and stuff but you actually have it set up where you can spend crystals now to re-roll <laughs> which I thought was exciting to be able to do for the first time you know, now you can have you can go into debt spending crystals, which won't be in the final game, but it's fun for now. <laughs> yeah, it's nice because we have the I guess the four primary resources, I kinda call them that, on the top and they haven't done anything. Like you can see them go up but not go down. Yeah. I think is I forget when I added the energy system as well, because that kind of exists as well. Yeah, I like the energy system now because it's kind of a, a cheat for me on how, how many dungeons I've done. So whenever I see that I have negative, like, um, I had 1,400 earlier today, so that means I did 140 dungeon runs. Because, you know, dungeon level 10 costs 10 to get into. Yeah, it's like finally starting to make use of some of these resources. The crystals, what I'm thinking is... Just as a little extra for now, when you use the shop to, I guess, give yourself cosmetic armor, because it's it's not a full shop system yet, I'm just going to subtract a large portion of crystals just to get like a feel for it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good idea too, because we have um, the placeholder that we've been using for all the items for the longest time. Now those placeholders aren't needed anymore because we have all the actual items in the game so we took the placeholders and made them into a cosmetic set that you know I mean I guess it has functionality as rare equipment but you know it's there for you to be able to buy for the cosmetic mostly yeah, it's interesting because it's like I've been working with this armor set since the beginning I just I see it all the time no matter what I equip and finally seeing it as its own set with its own little icons and everything else just has a little uniqueness to the set. <laughs> a little coming of age for the placeholder set. Now it's called battle armor instead of placeholder. <laughs> Moving up in the world. 
I'm trying to think about how to start the story on this this uh, next bullet point. Um, how did we even get into that? Oh, we were we have the Paragon levels now, and I was talking to you about how now that you gain six points potentially for a Paragon level instead of one, it seems like you level up Paragon too fast. So then we went to the sheet and started looking at you know the formula for Paragon levels, and then for some reason, one of us typed in level 100 on normal levels. So right now the max level in the game is level 10. You get to le you get to dungeon level 10. You get your character to level 10. You get level 10 loot, and then everything above that, you know, the experience that you get above that goes to Paragon. So eventually, sometime like five years down the road, we want we'll we'll have eventually added enough dungeons that you can get to like dungeon level 100, and that's kind of the rough um, cap idea for me for for levels, and then we'll start doing something else at that point, <laughs> five years from now. Um, but anyways, I typed in 100 on the the formula that we were using to to uh, calculate experience required to get to like level 100 and it basically broke the sheet because it was such a high number and and then we realized that that was going to be like a whole problem and then I think we spent like two hours talking about formulas and trying to figure out what we should do <laughs> oh yeah definitely a lot of time spent trying to like think of alternatives for that leveling system because the original one, I mean, it worked great for 1 through 10. Look at it all the way up to 100, though, and it's just, it's it's unfeasible. It just couldn't happen. It would break everything about it. It was like 100 digits or something. I'm not sure what breaks the spreadsheet. It had to have been over 100 digits. Yeah, I can't say I counted, but it definitely was a number I would not want to even begin to understand. <laughs> type it into the game takes you like 10 minutes to program it in yeah so now we've kind of started reworking all of the how experience works so I'm, I'm excited to see how that solution comes across it's definitely future proofed I think once we kind of get it implemented get a feel for it get an idea of how balanced it is see if it's like too much see if it's not enough you know, with changes to mobs to kind of match the uh, changes to XP, you can see what's going to end up happening. Like, how what's the estimated time for a player to reach 1 to 100 based off the changes that we've done so far? I'm not sure. <laughs> I guess we just need to see how it feels. But yeah, like, I think I had on the, the dock as a note that, like, the first 50 should maybe come pretty quick once you start Paragon levels. But then, by the time you're getting to 100 or 500, you know, it should take quite a while to level up. You know, I'm thinking about other games that I played where it took, you know, two weeks of playing to gain a level. But whenever you're that high of a level anyways, it's not as big of a deal as it sounds. You know, if it took you two weeks to get to level two, there'd probably be a problem with the game. <laughs> One of the things that it got me thinking about was how experience is calculated in other games. Like uh, Grand Theft Auto, for example. Their experience system seems like it... Like 0 to 100, it'll take you time. But then 100 to 
500, for example. It doesn't seem to take as long. It, it seems like it works on like a classic uh, logarithmic where it scales downward over time and it starts to flatline. I see. Which, unfortunately for us, doesn't work for a paragon because the next thing you know, you level up your paragon once a dungeon, and that kind of goes against the entire goal of the system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's so hard to let. There's so many numbers and stuff to think about. I'm not sure what is fully interesting to the listener, but it's definitely a problem that we're going to have to sort out. You know, by the time the game launches, I'm I'm confident that we'll have a great XP system, but it's interesting how like the the old programmer made the uh, charts and the graphs that we used to figure out the initial um, first experience system, but he didn't put them to 100, he just put them to 10. So I messed with those charts and the formulas and stuff and made one through 10 look really great. But then once we punched into 100 to scale it, then it was just off the charts. It's nice to, it's a good idea to keep the future things in mind that are going to happen after launch. You know, right now we have the the MVP, which is the minimum viable product that we're going to launch with, you know, that's level 10 and, and kind of stripped down from what the final game will eventually be. But it's nice to keep those eventual things in mind so that, you know, we future-proof for them. Yeah, I feel like future-proofing is tough on something like this, like the goal for how long something lasts or what's added on over time, how do you plan for that? Because you never know what might end up changing with some of the systems and some of the things about the game. So it's, I, I feel like it's hard trying to get, like, how do you conceptualize 100 levels and make sure that the player will, in a balanced manner, get all the way there in the amount of time that you expect it to be? Yeah, it's definitely, it's also something where we can, when we say, say we launch the game, one through ten works perfectly, and then we realize in testing that you know the new dungeon levels, eleven through twenty, the experience system like breaks again. So I think you could just stack it on where you know experience you know because we've already done it once. You know you have your normal levels and then your paragon levels. So you could have your normal levels one through ten, your paragon levels, and then your normal levels 11 through 20 and you could just I think there's always a way to like patch something together but you know the future proofing is definitely a something to keep in mind trying to think I can't think anything else to talk about or I'd have put it on the list I think so with that I guess we'll start wrapping this up Um, if you've made it to the end and you're not in our discord somehow go to knobcat.com Find the link for our Discord and join us there. That's where we post a lot of our previews, links to the videos and stuff. Everything goes there first. Kind of, uh, I don't know. I'm just always on Discord, so that's the place to be. You can jump in there and chat with us, answer questions. I'll answer questions that you might have. Um, We can talk about stuff. Um, It's a good time, so knobcat.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. They're both at Dungeons Obelisk. And I think with that, uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Bye. See you.